Hi guys, welcome to the Uncomfortable is OK podcast. I'm your host Chris Desmond and this is episode 18. Today I'm speaking with Lucy O'Connor, or as some of you probably know her, the Monday Hustler. Lucy was generous enough to give me some time in amidst her hustle, so I'm grateful for that. Lucy is a pretty dynamic person with a variety of experiences, including working as a stunt performer on The Hobbit. Today's conversation is really about breaking the mould and following your own path rather than the one that society sets for you. Lucy turned down a promotion to explore what she really wanted to do. We chat about learning, adapting and surviving as you get out of your comfort zone. Why New Zealanders aren't good at being vulnerable, but actually that if you put yourself out there, people are way more supportive than you give them credit for. Lucy shows us that being passionate and excited about things isn't something that you should be embarrassed about. Thanks for all of you guys for giving up your time and listening to us today. If you like the episode, make sure to share it out. And thanks to Jeremy Desmond for your musical talents. I really enjoyed chatting with Lucy. I hope that you guys enjoy getting uncomfortable with us today. Welcome to the Uncomfortable is OK podcast. I'm Chris Desmond. I'm sitting down with Lucy today from Monday Hustle. Hey, Lucy. Hey, Chris. How are you going? I'm really good, thanks. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Good, thanks. Summer's on the way. It is. The days are getting longer. <laughs> the the weather's getting nicer. Thank goodness. Yeah. yeah. I, wore, I wore shorts for a little bit today. No way. Yeah. In Wellington as well. That is serious. That yeah. is serious. I'm up in Auckland now, but I totally know that wearing shorts in Wellington is a feat at any time of the year, not even just in the middle of winter. There was no wind today, so it was all good. Dreamy. Making that So, Lucy, can you give me and my listeners a little bit of background about yourself, sort of where you're from, where you grew up, kind of the, the formative sure. years of your life? Formative years. Jeep is so serious. Um, so, I grew up in Wellington City. Uh, in Seatoon with my family of, I have three sisters, mum and dad back home. Um, so grew up and went to school at St. Mary's College, studied down in Dunedin for three years um, and now living up in Auckland City. So I've been here for the last two. Um, so now I just have to cross off Hamilton and Christchurch and I would have done the big, <laughs> the big five of New Zealand. <laughs> uh, Tauranga is getting up there. And oh, it, it might be more exciting than Hamilton. Sorry for the anyone not listening in Hamilton. <laughs> You've just lost like all the Hamilton. <laughs> I've lost my Love five that. Hamilton listeners. <laughs> Damn it. They all count. <laughs> yeah, they do. They do. Um, so what did you study down in Dunners? I studied psychology. Um, and it's something that I'd like to go on and do more of down the track. But psychology really made me realize how little I knew about life. And, um, and people, and I kind of wanted to go and explore that for myself before I started uh, making judgments and making calls about other people's lives, if that makes sense. 
So, um, yeah, I reckon 20 years from now I'll be back doing psychology, but I've got to learn all that for myself first, sort my own stuff out. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and I think it's a really interesting topic, psychology. I'm a physiotherapist, so, I mean, the stuff that we learned is quite cut and dried. It's like this muscle's (laughs) connected to this bit, the hip bone's connected to the leg bone sort of thing. Um, Didn't do too much psychology, and that's kind of, an area that's really interested me in the last couple of years so yeah no it's a good one it's amazing you know how much it infiltrates your life I mean I only did three years but sometimes I'll get you know a random little fact pop into my head as I see something happening in front of me so it's quite you know you can it's totally applicable to every single day and every single encounter um, which is kind of scary <laughs> when you think about it but also really interesting yeah yeah just gives you a little bit more insight I think yeah um so Lucy, from Dunedin, you went up to Auckland? No, from Dunedin, I went back to Wellington and got my first proper job um, working as an intern at an advertising agency, um, which was extremely out of the blue. I remember getting a call on like a Wednesday afternoon and I was babysitting and I was like, Lucy, you've got this really great job interview. Um, it's front evident. And I was like, oh, no, oh, oh, okay, okay, awesome, know nothing about it. Um, so I had to get someone else to come and cover my babysitting job, went into this interview, had no idea what I was in for, who I was interviewing with, what the job required or anything. Um, and all I remember is kind of getting on with the boss because I used to be a springboard diver. Okay. And he was like, wow, that's really cool and was super interested in that. And sure enough, on the way home, as I was driving back home, they were like, we'd like to offer you the job. You have to decide by five o'clock today. And I was like, oh, well, I'd be silly not to, you know, society tells us you've got to take opportunities, especially if they're typically good ones. So, um, yeah, getting that job kind of set me off on this random tangent, I guess, and um, has taken me, uh, got me into jobs I never thought I'd be doing, which is good and bad. I've learned a lot. Um, but, yeah, so that was, my, that was my first proper job, which was great. <laughs> cool. And where did you go from there? Oh, man, all sorts of places. So um, I worked on The Hobbit as a stunt performer. Awesome. Um, so it was my dream as a five-year-old to be a stunt person. And I was working just as an extra, and I was like, oh, man, this opportunity, I have to take it. Talked to the stunties, t- told them about my springboard diving history, had a stunt assessment, and next thing I was working as a stunt person on The Hobbit. So that dream came full circle. Um, I worked PR for um, the International Arts Festival in Wellington. I worked in promotions for radio. Um, gosh, I've kind of done it all. I, I had a sales job for three months, traveling around the States, which was pretty cool. Um, yeah, and then went back to radio school in Wellington because I thought radio might be something I'd want to do. And then moved up to Auckland pretty soon after. <laughs> Cool. So I've had a great, exciting work history. Yeah, that's a pretty eclectic <laughs> mix of things there. Um, yeah, they somehow all work. I'm just not sure how yet. <laughs> <laughs> quite a diverse range of uh, skills you would have picked up as well. Absolutely. I'm so hireable. Yeah, just, yeah. Who wants me? <laughs> <laughs> so Lucy, you moved up to Auckland. And what are you doing now? Okay, so initially I moved up to Auckland and um, kind of wanted to get into more of the TV radio area. Um, but instead I got again kind of a job out of the blue working at TVNZ, which is kind of the right company, uh, but in the sales team. 
So I was selling advertising there for a year, which was fantastic. And I made, uh, you know, heaps of connections and learned heaps again. But it just wasn't quite right. Um, and so about this time last year, I received a promotion and I was like, ah, no. And I got this funny feeling in my gut. And again, it was that whole pressure of you have to decide within the next 48 hours on what you're going to do. And so I went in on the Monday morning and I was like, ah, oh, I'm not going to take a promotion. And then I said, and here's my resignation. <laughs> and so since then, I've been writing Monday Hustle and um, trying to forge opportunities that I guess I'm more interested in and see myself, you know, my long-term career um, being involved with, which has been great. Before we dive into Monday Hustle, mm-hmm. why did you decide to turn down the promotion and resign? Oh, honestly, it was just, it was super like one of those gut feeling moments, those light bulb moments where I could see this ten year work um, kind of career path unfold in front of me, and um, I'd never been particularly happy in the role. I, you know, I'd enjoyed it and I'd met great people and it was awesome, but it just while I was totally capable of doing it, it just was so not me long term, and so I just had to go with with that feeling again um or for once you know I kind of I kind of guess I learned from that internship when I took it just because I should have you know and so that kind of rang in my ears again and I thought nah I won't make the same mistake twice um so yeah who knows I mean it could have been entirely different but you got to make these decisions right (laughs) kind of felt like someone else's path Rather than yours. Exactly. Yeah. And, and you know, um, that's the other thing as well. Someone else would have loved that role. Someone else would have killed for it. And you've kind of got to honor that and give someone else that opportunity to to um, fulfill fulfill their own destiny, if that's what it is. <laughs> At least that's how I kind of consoled myself as I was like, what the hell have I just done? <laughs> I was like, I've done something good, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah, I was talking to a guy a couple of weeks ago on the podcast and he was just saying, you need to find the good and the exciting in every every situation, every decision. So, I mean, mm-hmm. that's a cool way to look at it. Yeah. How did the people that offered you that promotion, how did they respond? Um, They were kind of slightly shocked. I'll never forget the look on my boss's face when I said, and here's my resignation. It was like one of those movie moments where everything slows down and, and you're just like, yes. And he's like, no, <laughs> it's like, oh, this is happening. Um, but he was really good about it. I mean, I was super lucky in that they were always really supportive. I always had, um, uh, I guess, kind of extracurricular things going on. So I used to do voiceover work. Um, and they'd let me take so they've always been really supportive and again they wish me all the best and yeah got on with it so it was all good (laughs) yeah that sounds really cool Mm. what's monday hustle what is monday hustle my baby monday hustle is um a blog that i started writing uh i think two weeks before i left that role um and basically it started as a way to kind of keep me accountable and on track and as a reminder as to why I started and why, you know, I, I, I endeavored to do this in the first place, to go out on my own and forge my own opportunities. Um, but it's kind of, it, 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 I didn't realize that Monday Hustle would be the kind of main focus of that path. It was always going to be, you know, a way to grow a profile, to have some interest, to have something a bit different. And as I said, just a way to keep me accountable. But from the first post, it was really clear that 
something I said really resonated with people. Um, so within 24 hours, the first post that I'd written had been viewed over 1,400 times and shared over 200 on Facebook. And so I was like, oh, my goodness, what is this? Um, and I think basically it was a real kind of ballsy pose. It was like, all right, well, life's too short, so many cliches, blah, blah, blah. And people were just like, yes, this isn't something that we hear every day. Um, and since then, um, it's just steadily growing. And, um, yeah, so it's kind of the ever-evolving journey that I'm having. It involves the people I meet along the way. I do interviews. I, do, I now do video content. Um, so it's just an ever-changing space, um, depending on what, what comes at me, I guess. <laughs> Wicked. That's really oh. cool. Yeah. I read your blog, and I Thanks. at one point you kind of – when people say, what do you do? You say, mm. should I tell them blogger or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you made a decision around that about, especially as it's an evolving concept? Um, I, I like to say that I, I am an influencer. So it's not like blogging's not necessarily my job, but it like my end goal is to have the tools and the knowledge and the skills necessary to, to help other people through a similar journey. So um, I guess the reason that I'm putting myself through all of this and um, documenting the journey that I'm having is so that other people can go, oh, yeah, not so scary. You know, she got through it. This is how long it took. This is what she did. And um, this is the end result. But, yeah, so the end goal is basically to help other people in the entrepreneurship or just to have the confidence to kind of pursue what it is they love. Because, I, yeah, I really think life's too short. Mm. And... Um, so yeah, yeah, because it's a pretty scary thing, kind of jumping off that path that society sets for you. So, kind of working your way up through promotions. Um, people can't see me doing hand signals. <laughs> I talk with my hands. Eh? Just um, the collection. Yeah. good. <laughs> kind of working your way up through that and trying something really, really different. And yeah, I mean, society tells us that yeah, we should go after this job we should consume get bigger things um mm-hmm. and you're kind of breaking the the mold of that of that pathway a little bit which is really cool and i think having people kind of trailblazing the way and showing mm-hmm. other people is is really awesome it's kind of terrifying as i said like i never thought that people would be interested um, so it's been an awesome byproduct and it's been really motivating to have people, you know, say you're inspiring. And I'm like, no, I'm just sitting in my flipping like makeshift office, plugging away this blog post. But so that, that's kind of what's kept me going as well. Um, but yeah, I think at the end of the day, you know, you can sit there and be unhappy or you can make, force yourself out of your comfort zone. Uncomfortable is okay. And just see what happens because you do learn and you do adapt and you do, survive at the end of the day you know and that's what people forget whether you're in a job that you hate or out on your own pushing for something that you love or trying to work it out you know it's the same day that everyone has to live so you should at least maybe give it a go is my but as I like I don't even know where I'm going to end up as I said it's changing and I'm just taking opportunities and networking and seeing kind of where I fall on my feet and what um what resonates the most what sticks so I'm working it out (laughs) Why do you think people have kind of been following your journey 
Like, what's, what do you think is special about it that people really resonate with after having a bit of time to reflect on it and doing it for a while now? I honestly think the reason people follow me is because I made a commitment from day one to share this journey as openly and honestly as uh, I'm capable of doing. And I think that possibly in New Zealand especially, that's quite a rare thing. We tend to kind of play our cards close to our chest and only talk about something when we're succeeded doing it, you know. We're kind of stoic and that we suffer alone and we're like, oh, I've got this, it's all good, rah, rah. Um, we're not very vulnerable, emotional, open people. And so, and I, I used to be like that, you know, like I wanted to wake up and to have it made and for people to be like, whoa, where did that come from? Um, and again, that was another realization is that that was never going to happen. There was always going to have to be this downtime and this working it out and these ups and downs for anything to happen. And so I think that's why people follow Monday Hustle specifically. Um and also because I'm flipping awesome. <laughs> That's true. No, just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, no, I think it's the vulnerability thing and the openness, mm. uh, which, which still scares me and it's still hard, but um, I think it's a really important thing for people to realize that they're not alone in their feelings or their experiences or whatever it is. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons that I started the podcast as well is that at New Zealanders, we do often don't do openness and vulnerability very mm -hmm. well. Um, I know that I never used to at mm -hmm. all. I'd like to think hopefully I'm getting better at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think totally. it's, it, it's incremental and it kind of fluctuates. You're good one day, then you're rubbish the next day. And uh, I think as long as the general trend is, is up. But um, yeah, oh, like I was university played rugby drank beer hung out with mates and yeah didn't really have deep conversations yeah right um or or open to up too much um and mm -hmm. i think you you're right with the yeah i've got this i don't need help yeah um, totally is is something because often you feel quite isolated if you're kind of questioning yourself you're like Oh, I'm not sure about this. Um, am I going to lose a bit of face if I ask for help or if I kind of admit that, yeah, actually I'm struggling with this or I'm a little bit unsure, or a little bit scared. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think having like having this discourse around the vulnerability and the fact that actually everyone has these shitty times is, mm -hmm. is quite important um, just to know that, yeah, you're kind of not, not alone with it. Totally. And um, interesting you say that. I guess I put myself in an uncomfortable scenario recently where um, I published a really, really vulnerable post, um, which it was like the most – like it was literally how I was feeling, but when I read it back, I was like, man, that is heavy. <laughs> like, whoa. And I kind of was like, do I – publish this do I tone it down a bit do I give it another couple of hours like will I still be thinking and feeling the same way and in the end I published it because I thought well no thought back to my commitment to honesty blah 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 and the weirdest thing happened it was it ended up being uh the most viewed post and the most shared post of uh the entire Monday Hustle journey 
And that was totally mind-blowing. And it, that, I guess it goes back to what you were saying before. You know, everyone, the only reason I could come up with is because everyone re- resonates with that feeling. Everyone knows it. Everyone understands it. Everyone's been there. And yet no one talks about it. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of made me go, wow, okay, maybe this is, you know, something that we need to progress, which is kind of a gain. Set me off on a little bit of a different tangent with where I want Monday Hustle to go and how I want it to influence people. Um, so yeah, that's really interesting. And yeah, vulnerability is not a failure. And I think that's a misconception people have that being vulnerable and, and feeling low is, does not mean that you've failed in the slightest. No, no, you're right with that. What was the uh, post about? Oh, honestly, it was just a really bad day. It was one of those days where I woke up and I honestly didn't want to get out of bed and I pulled myself out of bed after like hitting snooze three times. It was 11 a.m. by the time I was like, ah, all right, I'll do it, fine. Um, Working from home and working for yourself can be very dangerous. But um, that was one of the, yeah, I've never slept until until that late on a a weekday at least. So it was quite quite serious. Anyway, spent the rest of the day kind of just not feeling myself, not being enthusiastic. I found myself having to put on a front to kind of get through the day and just felt, all those feelings of failure and like I was at a standstill or going backwards, um, you know, all, the, all that self-doubt crept in and it was just really full on. I haven't felt that way for a long time. And so, um, yeah, that's what, that's what the post was about, basically just a really down low day. Um, but also the feedback that I received was quite interesting. There was, a, uh, you know, there was obviously really supportive people, lots of people saying, I've been there. I've done this, I know exactly, you know, you'll get through it, it sucks, um, and just really empathizing. And then there was another group of people that were kind of saying, oh, you know, you've got food on the table, you've got this, you've got that, you're not, one person said, you're not um, a crack addict waking up in the gutter, I don't think you've hit rock bottom. And so that says to me as well is that there's a real stigma around being vulnerable still, you know. Mm. And there's people, it's almost like, you know, there's there's, there's fat shaming, there's body shaming. That's almost like vulnerability shaming to me because uh, I just couldn't help but think if I didn't feel like I had an outlet or if I didn't feel safe talking about this sort of stuff, then five years down the track, I could well be that crack addict. And so it just kind of made me realize that as a society, we've got to step it up in terms of having outlets for these sorts of feelings and emotions. And we've got to feel comfortable talking about it and staring it straight in the face and also dealing with it if someone comes to you and, you know, and asks for help because, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a funny old world we live in and we can, we can do better for each other, I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I think part of that vulnerability as well is when people come to you and ask for help, it's mm. often a really challenging situation for you, especially if you don't know how to give them help. Absolutely. Or how to kind of point them in the right direction for help. Sometimes, I mean, all you can do is just kind of be there with them at yeah. the time and kind of help them, well, by by supporting them through their journey. And that can be a really kind of frustrating thing for people as well, I think, is that I don't know how to fix your problem for you mm-hmm. um, but you've come to me for help yeah totally you know, um 
Yeah, no, that that is a tough one. And I think like all you can do in that scenario is just be there for them and ask questions. You know, like you don't have to be a counselor, you don't have to know what you're doing, but just check in. Say, how are you going today? What's up? What's good about today? You know, just give them little kind of reminders and and just let them know that you are there, even if, you know, you, you don't know what to say because it's hard. And at the end of the day, the only person that's going to get it through them through it is themselves. So, um, yeah, I think being there, though, and being open and not closing it off or shutting it down or, uh, you know, devaluing the emotional state they're in is, um, is all you can do sometimes. Yeah, it's hard because only you know what you're going through at the time. No one else can really kind of uh, understand that. Um, they're all going through their own things, um, yeah. and you're you're uncomfortable, and you're you've got this negative self talk going on. But it's slightly different for everyone. Mm-hmm. But Lucy, when you had that day, how did you get through it? Ah, oh, I just survived it. Um, I think sometimes the best thing you can do for yourself is just to let yourself feel that way. And, you know, as as I was saying, people who devalue you, you've got to not devalue yourself. And I think that by suppressing the emotions, especially the negative ones, um, all you're doing is making that effect last longer. Whereas by living through it, you know, supporting yourself in whatever way you need, taking a break if you need it, sleeping in if you need to, you know, like it's it's not the worst thing in the world. And at the end of the day, if you acknowledge how you're feeling and respect yourself enough to be like, yep, I'm feeling shit, then the, that feeling is going to pass a whole lot faster, especially if there's nothing tangible that you can attach it to. Mm. Um, so just like kind of just live through it. And the next few days I still felt really low, but I was kind of, you can feel that momentum as you're, as you're building out of it, out of it, out of it. Um, so you just have to remind yourself that it's temporary um and yeah just 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 survive through it if you have to yeah. but know that you will survive keyword <laughs> i think you made a cool point there about respecting yourself enough to just kind of let it be yeah do you have any tips on how to get to the point where you can respect yourself enough to just kind of let that let it happen to you i think it's um just trying to build that resilience trying to take lessons from every negative situation. And it's honestly just self-talk, you know. When you're feeling low, obviously, self-talk gets a bit out of control. But it's just having that voice, your own supportive voice in the back, however far back in your mind it may seem. It's just knowing that it's there and knowing that it's making its way to the consciousness, if if that makes sense. Um, So, I mean, you've got to build on yourself whatever however in whatever state you're in you've got to build on that self-talk and make sure that 98 percent of the time it's positive <laughs> and two percent of the time it's like oh you gotta remind yourself i'll oh, get back on track that's not what i actually think um so it's just every day it's 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 those you know things that everyone gets told be grateful affirmations you know have goals all of that all of that sort of stuff just really helps to maintain a healthy mindset Mm. I think I'm no expert, but <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what you do. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you build you build on all of that when you're feeling good as well, so that you just know that it's there. Yeah, it's going to be there eventually. Think, the good stuff's coming. Yeah, I think that's something we forget sometimes is building on it when it feels good. 
that yeah. like if we're going well we're like oh yeah i'll jump into this stuff it's sweet um i'm yeah. all good i i don't need to do that and then you just have a shitter of a day and then you're like oh i've let that slide haven't i yeah totally um so that's capitalizing on opportunities not becoming complacent um and just being really stoked that something awesome's happening and acknowledging that feeling as well um yeah, it's, you've got to build it. I had read a really good quote today, actually, and it was, um, there's always winter after a fall. And it's kind of just realizing that as humans, we go through these seasons. You know, we do feel ups and downs, and um, but it always changes and it's always going to happen no matter who we are or what we're doing. And so it's just about kind of building yourself up and preparing yourself for those winters and those falls and and um, looking forward to the spring and summer, I guess, as we're doing right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just having it, kind of ha- building those strategies to get through the winter before you need them. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Resilience is key. <laughs> awesome. So you were talking about exciting things just before. What gets you fizzing at the moment? What really excites you? Oh man. Um, so I'm thinking about getting into some talks, um, and progressing down that path. So at the moment I'm in the process of kind of devising what kind of topics I talk about and how I would, uh, how I would kind of, how I'm going to perform them, how I'm going to do them, what my point of difference is, what I can, what I have to share and how that can be valuable. So that's getting me up in the morning at, at this point in time. Um, and also I've been creating a whole lot more video content for Monday Hustle, which I'm really loving as well. I get quite like in a perfectionist mindset when I'm editing, which I think is quite a rare thing, but like an entire day can go by and I'll still be like ah, fiddling away trying to get it to what my idea of perfect is. So, um, yeah, those sorts, just trying new avenues and, and seeing what happens again. Um, so I've done the writing, still love that. That's never going to change, but the videos and the speaking, you know, being in front of people, and making a difference is kind of what's getting me up in the mornings at the moment. Wicked. That, mm. that does sound very exciting. Yeah. <laughs> but obviously doing new things, you're kind of hitting challenges with that as well. Has that, that process kind of been a bit frustrating at times too? Oh, to be honest, um, the process, I guess starting this, I knew it would be a process. So I prepared for the long haul and so far as possible. And um, I think that's why I've been able to maintain kind of like an opportunistic, excited approach to everything that I try. Because um, what I've learned from this is that nothing is a failure. Um, It's always a lesson. So, um, you know, you might fail seven times and get that one massive break that you need and be like, well, I learned so much from those failures and this is why. That's what I needed to do in the interim to get this awesome opportunity. So you've just got to take your learnings, you know, pivot if you need to and redirect yourself, make this, make the necessary changes to make sure that you do get it next time. But yeah, it's, it's always, it's always a challenge. It's it's always exciting though. Cool. I think that segues quite nicely into uh, my next question. Ooh. Can you tell me about a time that you've failed in parentheses um, and what you learned from it? Oh, wow. Okay. Well, failed so many times according, you know, according to society. If I let myself think that I'd failed, I've, I fail every day. I guess the main fail, oh. so I kind of want to be a presenter as well. I'd like to be a host of a, of a documentary series. Hush, hush, don't tell anybody. 
but yeah, so so what I did, I went for a What Now presenting role, which um, was going in about April last year. And what this required was to create a video of yourself, you know, pitching why you should be the next What Now presenter. So I did that, got through to the next round, the next, the final 10. And I was like, oh, oh my goodness. Okay, awesome. And the next round was flying down to Christchurch and being filmed in a day and going through a series of challenges with with the uh, presenters and in the studio. And that video was then put on air, on the internet and on TV. And people would literally vote for their favorite presenter. And at that point in time, I didn't have, you know, I was one of those people that would only update their Facebook profile once a year and be like, thanks for the birthday wishes. <laughs> um, and I didn't have Instagram, didn't have Snapchat. I was so behind. Um, and I was like, oh, man, this is actually my nightmare. Um, I just had never, I, as I said, I never wanted to put myself out there to be vulnerable. And that was, you know, that was actually in hindsight a way to not be vulnerable is to not put anything on the social platforms. Anyway, so that was horrifying. And I almost backed out then and there because I didn't want to make it public. The voting system was online, so I was going to have to share it on my Facebook page and kind of do a bit of self-promotion. And that, that idea was just like, oh, man. Um, but I did it. And I got to the final eight, and that was cool. And then I didn't get through to the next round. So, I mean, that to me was like my worst nightmare. And it happened. And I failed. Um, but... What it taught me in that whole process is that people are way more supportive than you think um, and putting yourself out there isn't as scary as you think and being vulnerable and going for something and being really passionate and excited by something isn't something to be embarrassed about. The people that are going to support you will support you and the people that don't care won't care. You don't have to worry about them. And so I think without that failure, I never would have started Monday Hustle because I still would have been on that path of being too afraid to put anything, you know, to, to, to try new things and to put it out there for the world to see. So here we are. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a real catalyst for the journey that you're on at the moment. Oh, it's nuts, eh? Hindsight's such a ridiculous thing. Yeah, I love it. And in the time, you, you've got all this fear and you're thinking, oh, man, I don't want to do this. I don't want to kind of, like what we were talking about before, kind of step out of society's normal. Uh, and putting yourself out there and uh, be judged by, by yeah. people. And that's what it feels like. It's it's the judgment that's scary. Yeah. But really, the people that matter, you know, oh, what's that saying? <laughs> the people that mind don't matter and the people that matter don't mind. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's no, a good one to yes. live by. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Um, especially when you're on Survivor What Now edition. Yes, I thought it was like what now factor. It was oh, so ruthless. Yeah, I'm showing my age there, uh, going back to Survivor. Do they still make that? <laughs> they do, they do. It's do in they? like its ridiculous amount of it's like, like 40th season. Like or now music. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's nuts. It's never going to end. Yeah, yeah their first season's like a vintage now. It's like the the first oh, now yeah. music, if you've got that CD. Yeah. It's it's living up to its name, eh? It's surviving the, the, the <laughs> distance. <laughs> oh, no, it's, it's quality, eh? Um, Lucy, that was a bit of a tangent. Sorry about that. Um, oh, that's great. <laughs> can you tell me about the last uncomfortable thing that you did uh, and how you got through it? 
Um, the last uncomfortable thing I did. Ooh, tricky. I guess I would have said um, that post, but I've already talked about that. I guess the last uncomfortable thing I did was MC a conference, um, a two-day conference. Uh, so I do a bit of MCing as well, which is great. But this was like a big challenge for me. Um, and it was a beauty tech conference. So I know nothing about beauty, let alone beauty tech. Um, so I was like, okay, how am I going to do this? Um, I was with a bunch of you know industry professionals all talking about things that I had no knowledge about. So um, how did I get through it? I overprepared and um, I kind of treated it almost in a childlike way. So for the whole two days, I was so curious and I was so kind of enthusiastic and I sat there and I tried to get as much information as I could from the event and just to be as excited by it as possible so that when I got up on stage, I was authentically engaged Um, But it was really, really uncomfortable. It was a really intimidating room to be in and position to be in. Um, But again, it was kind of letting, it was was being vulnerable. It was like, okay, I know nothing about this. It was so interesting. That was this, that was that. And um, just enthusiasm got me through, I guess. (laughs) But yes, very uncomfortable scenario. Sweet. Enthusiasm (laughs) and preparation. I like that. Yes, absolutely. Forgive my ignorance. What is beauty tech? Beauty tech. So that's all the, I was the same, you see. Um, <laughs> it's kind of your, your Botox, it's your um, plastic surgery, it's all the technology, the technological side of beauty, I guess. So anything to do with machinery, uh, there was someone talking about melanoma, uh, someone talking about social media. Um, so it's, it's kind of, yeah, all those sorts of bits and pieces. So not your standard makeup conference, it's more um, related to Machinery and technology, I guess. Interesting. Mm. You there learned you go. a lot from that. I learned so much from that. It was great. I was like, man, I thought I'd walk out and be like, I'm so flawed. I need this. I need this. I need this. But I was, I was all right. <laughs> good, good, good. No Botox yet. <laughs> <laughs> did you get some uh, some people's cards though? I sure did. Never miss a networking opportunity. <laughs> Lucy, what's the next uncomfortable thing you're going to do? Oh, wake up tomorrow morning. Um, no, just kidding. Actually, oh, this is great. Next week for Fashion Week, um, I'm heading along and I have taken it upon myself. So I also do lots of secondhand shopping and op shopping. It's kind of, I've done it for since I was about 16. And so I've decided to wear top-to-toe secondhand outfits for Fashion Week. Wicked. And it could go either way, I think. <laughs> um, it'll be awesome. But um, so that's going to be slightly uncomfortable because I'm not entirely sure how it's going to be received by the fashion industry or anyone really. But, um, you know, got to stay true to yourself and all of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's going to be uncomfortable. And the, I guess the other thing would be getting into speaking. I haven't done any speaking for about four years. So going back and talking about things that are directly related and personal to me will probably be the next very uncomfortable thing that I try, but hopefully thrive in. <laughs> awesome. I'm sure that you will. Oh, shucks. And I know one person that'll love your idea of uh, secondhand for fashion week and that's oh. Sarah from So Love. Yes, we love Sarah. She will too. She'll love it. Yeah. Get in touch with her. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to let her know. Absolutely. Lucy, obviously you're, um, you've kind of really 
got out of your comfort zone doing what you're what you're doing at the moment and kind of built up quite a big social media presence how has that shaped you um (laughs) I think I'm really lucky in that because I never had social media I never um you know I never found I never put my own worth on social media which was great good and bad because I don't think social media is a bad thing at all and um you know in this day and age it is kind of validation in some ways and there's no really getting around that um but it's awesome I'm so stoked that people are actually wanting to follow me and um you know I treat every audience member the same and I think that's also a really transparent thing you know if you're only in it to get followers or to get an audience or whatever that shows really quickly so I mean I'm so so grateful for it but I don't think that it's changed me because um I don't really let it and um I think because I don't let it the authenticity shines through and it, and it, it's kind of that whole nice balance so people follow me for the authenticity but I'm authentic because you know I'm I'm living it uh, as well as posting about it if that makes sense yeah um so yeah it's, it's it's really flattering though. I wake up and I'm like, what? <laughs> That's so cool. People are interested in me. I know it's so nuts. Yeah. I don't. I can't put my finger on it. Yeah, I think the one thing that is very interesting about you as well is that, especially in in this day of social media, is that you put out that uncomfortable stuff as well. You don't just put out kind of all the highlight reel that. Yeah. yeah, I'm doing all this cool stuff. Um, here's this really delicious croissant that I had with my coffee this morning. I um, wish. <laughs> <laughs> that you you put out um, some of the times that are a bit tougher as well. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know how I've come to be able to do that. Mm. I guess it's just, I guess that's where, where it comes down to valuing your audience. And... Um, knowing that, you know, it's kind of like they're not idiots. I feel like when I write a post and I'm not feeling, you know, I'm not feeling the post, it doesn't do as well as when I'm in the moment and I'm like, all right, I'm being honest here, even if it's bad, you know. And um, so I think that part of uh, acknowledging and being grateful for your audience is valuing them to the point where, you know, you've got to be real and you've got to be honest. And, and um, yeah, they'll, they'll be with you all the way if you can maintain that authenticity and that connection and that real kind of person, um, no matter how big your brand or whatever whatever it is you do. I think that's really important, especially with social media, because we are like, oh, we just get so much false, so many false things thrown at us all day, false ideals, fake lifestyles, and we're just like, oh, it's too much. Um, so I think authenticity on social media is the most important thing you can do and the most important thing you can be for your audience is real and I Mm. think that that crosses up back over to real life as well is that kind of we talked a bit before about putting up that front and Mm -hmm. um and kind of hiding behind that and not being authentic with people and not being vulnerable and I think I mean there's a there's a big crossover um, yeah I mean when when I see people and they're like oh you're Monday Hustle it's great because they feel like they're like, oh, you're actually the same person. And I'm like, yes, that's the biggest compliment <laughs> I could ever receive is they're like, oh, my God, you're just like how you ride or you're just, you know, you're exactly yeah. how you come across on your social media. So that's the biggest compliment. But also it's been extremely liberating. 
um, you know, allowing myself to be vulnerable and to acknowledge the bad stuff as well. It's been really liberating for myself um, because once you start doing that, you actually become stronger. People think it's this weakness and it's like, no, oh, everyone's going to think that I'm like a pathetic person. But honestly, it's so liberating and it's that whole acknowledging thing and respecting yourself and actually sitting down to articulate exactly how you're feeling can get you through it a whole lot faster because you're forced to make sense of it. Sometimes you're forced to be like, oh, what's happened? Why Why has this happened? Why am I feeling this way? What are the series of events? Um, and how do I get through it? So, yeah, that's been a really liberating process. And um, I can't believe I didn't have social media before. <laughs> like, what an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. And I think, yeah, you learn so much more about yourself as well by being vulnerable. You ask yourself so many more questions. Um, and sometimes you don't always like the answer with mm-hmm. that. But I think if you're asking those questions and getting those answers, then there's something that you can do about it and something totally. that you can change. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you don't ask those questions, you don't get those answers. You just kind of keep on going in the same way. You're absolutely right. Which might be all right. But I think if you, whoever you are, if you ask yourself enough questions, then there's going to be something that you need to change. Mm-hmm. Well, it's all self-development at the end of the day, isn't it? I mean, what else can yep. you do in this life? <laughs> yeah, you've got to keep you growing. You know exactly who you are, do what you want to do, and do it well. Yeah. Lucy, I've got one more question for you. But okay. But if people want, this isn't it, by the way. Um, All right. <laughs> if people want to follow you. Like this big um, leader. <laughs> yeah, to go out and, and follow you and follow yeah. Monday Hustle, where's the best place for them to do that? Or where Ooh. are all the places that they can do that? Well, I'm very lucky in that Monday Hustle, one word, is the name on Snapchat and Instagram and Monday Hustle with a space is on Facebook. And then mondayhustle.com. Um, check out the blog. There's a few funny videos up there if you're not quite ready to delve into the the tough stuff just yet I'll ease you in with a bit of humor um but yeah just just the main channels Instagram Facebook and Snapchat on the social and besides fashion week what other stuff have you got coming up that people can like stalk you in person at oh um what am I doing I'm emceeing the um young apprentice of the year in Wellington at the start of September cool so that'll be good um, uh, what have I got on? Oh, honestly, I haven't thought past Fashion Week at this point. It's <laughs> pretty exciting. It's pretty exciting. Well, it's pretty full on. Oh, I've got a lot of op shopping to do. And I'm definitely <laughs> <looking forward> to <laughs> Sweet. Um, yeah. Cool. So final question. Um, uh-huh. I've really enjoyed having a chat with you and, uh, and getting uncomfortable. It's, it's been awesome. Yay. But before you go, do you have any, uh, any tips, any advice, any life lessons, or any interesting facts to leave me and the listeners with? Ooh, um, life lesson. I think the most important thing for me to realize, to have realized in life, is that there's no change without change. Um, and that's something that has really kind of got me trying new things, got me out of bed in the morning. It's, you know, got me talking to different people. Uh, There's no change without change. So that implies kind of activity and action and doing something, um, which is 
uncomfortable sometimes. But if you want change and you want things to be different, either you have to change, you've got to change the situation, you've got to change yourself. There's something that needs to change and only you can kind of work out what that is. So I will leave you with that. <laughs> oh, and hustle. Hustle. You gotta hustle. You gotta hustle for change. Maybe I should change that. Yeah. No, I think that's a great note to finish on. Cheers to heaps for the um your time tonight, Lucy. It's been oh, awesome to, to thank connect. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, no, it's been it's been great. Thanks for asking me some good questions. Feeling extremely motivated, Chris. <laughs>